Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Finnegan Finn Tempest, a tiefling trainer, which is a Skyrend original class supported by the Metalweave Games supplement Baby Beastry. Finn is the trainer of Cerulius, a blue guard drake. Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Echo will lead everybody downstairs to a tan stone door, and they will push it open. And inside you see a small room, empty except for a stone pedestal there in the center. The stone in here is drastically different from what you may have seen elsewhere. It is green and yellow, smooth, with layers of unfocused reflections. Even the interior side of the door is composed of this same stone. Echo holds the door open and motions for you to enter. I do so. Take your time, if you wish. There's no shame in a quick exit. It's a difficult experience for some. When you're ready, simply shut the door. And wait. And Echo will turn and walk back up the stairs. All right. Just let me know. Yeah, as soon as they're done talking, I'm like, well, there's no time like the present. And I head on in. I'm right after Arnis. Mm-hmm. And I'm behind uh, Darwin. Cyril and all? Mm-hmm. All right, well then, with the five of you in, you shut the door, and it takes a moment. The room feels still. It feels like energy is bouncing off of unseen walls deep in the distance as silhouettes begin to form within the stone. And this is where things get weird. When Vale was here, it was a limited number of attendees. But now... (laughs) We are going to have quite the attendance. Finnegan, Mm -hmm. you are a fiend. Yes? Mm-hmm. Tiefling. Yep. Yes. Remind me. Are you 100% fiend, Tiefling? Yes. Both my parents were Tiefling. Okay. I want to say that we had talked about that, where Tiefling was just a type of fiend. Yeah. We had decided, decided that for our world, we wanted them to be a, a pure fiend. Okay. And then we have Darvin, the human, who has Cade with him as well. 
which makes it more fun. We have Felicity, who's a halfling. She is a priestess of Favon. We have Aranus now, who is the self-proclaimed god of rebellion. Half-human, somewhat elf, but connected to so many other gods. Aranus, did you bring your loot? Shit, yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about it. Like, it wouldn't have occurred to me to leave it, so I just, yeah, I would have brought it. Damn. <laughs> this is gonna be fun, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to write down a lot of things right now. I think the only way this gets more complicated would be if Darwin were to summon Pouchet in here. I mean, I could. Well, let's get through. Let's, let's not. Let's get through who appears first. Darwin, the human, Adaris appears, whom we have seen before, riding on the back of his stallion, his horse in his armor, full of bluster, galloping around the perimeter, and you can hear his like adventurous cries begin to echo through the room. Uh, Felicity. With Felicity here, you see an image of Liana. The last time you saw her was a very difficult time. When she was holding together, when she was holding together Honey Hollow, the people there, basically. And then you left. She does not look good. She's she's down. She she is unkempt. Her face is filled with worry. She has streaks on her face from tears, from from age, from grief. It's a far cry from when you last from when you saw her. We have Cyril here, which means we get our first appearance of Gralor, the god of beasts. No, Cyril's a dragon. Remember we said oh, that... Sorry. It- sorry. That's right. I was thinking of Sunbeak. Cyril is a... Dra- Jesus Christ, we had to see your... <laughs> <laughs> this is way more buck wild than... <laughs> Cyril is here. And in the ceiling, you just feel a shadow fall over all of you as a massive set of wings appears and you can hear the flapping and you can hear this breathing as Yoru begins to slowly circle in closer and closer. And you see this silhouette of them land with a thud that would absolutely demolish this chapel, demolish a good section of this city. If this weren't just an image. Yoru's scales glisten with absolutely every color. Any color that a dragon could be is reflected along their scales. They have horns that spread out yards, yards long. It's not impressive to say yards, but they are huge, easily able to skewer large creatures on there. Their eyes and breath and nostrils crackle with energy of all kinds. 
their tail whips back and forth behind them as they look down at all of you. <sighs> Who else do we have here? We have Cade inside Darwin, which means that Rubillo gets to make an appearance here. Rubillo, god of the land, not a god of creatures, a god of place. So Rubillo does not appear in a humanoid form or in an animal-like form, but instead, like a craggy mountain next to Yoru, rises up, and you get just a sense, a feeling of a face and a feeling of eyes cast down at you. Finnegan. Finnegan, you've certainly seen images of Agni Tai, yes? Religious mm-hmm. depictions or historical depictions? Mm-hmm. Darwin and Aranis, I know you've had personal experience with her. So you first hear the chains being dragged along the ground, and you see her walking forward confidently, almost with a look of annoyance on her face. Her hair slicked back, her purple skin kind of dazzling in the light of the stone. And she looks at you expectant. She doesn't offer any sense of recognition to the two of you. She does. Don't worry. But she's just not offering that. She is still a god. And she has no reason to make you feel comfortable in this situation. Finnegan. I have no idea what it's like for Finnegan to see Agnitai in person. As in person as this can be. Mm Mm-hmm. That's up to you if you take this well, like a soldier, or if this is a moment of reverence uh, or whatever. I think yeah, I think it's a slight hybrid of, of kind of the awe of seeing a god and also like the, well, you know, I have to maintain my composure. We have actually talked, talked much about this, but Finnegan has a tattoo of a chain around his left wrist, which is kind of a, a common symbol for fiends who worship or, or follow Agnitai. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of like absent-mindedly like holding that because he's like, "This is this is intense," but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, keep quiet, keep firm, mm-hmm. and just observe. Okay. And then we come to Aranus. Let's start with one you do know, Olwenir, who's on the mend thanks to you. The last time you even caught a glimpse of her face was in the bulb when you saved the elves. This time you can see her much more clearly. She is healing. She is getting better. As she steps forward, she recognizes you and Darvin instantly and cannot hold back. Half disappointment, half disgust. Like, (laughs) did not want to deal with this today. I didn't want to deal with this, this specific like room magic artifact thing, but I especially did not want to have to see you two. So she sees you, she turns and she's just staring off to the side in the distance. After her, who do we have? Well, it's a bit of a list. Who's not here? Philifree of the Fae, Elder Warden of the Furbolg. Turalong of the Knolls, Krulka of the Kobolds, Gosrim of the Monstrosities, and Dorlek of the Orcs. 
are all gone. Not even shadows of shadows of those fallen gods. But who else is here? I, I, I just wish I had a good order to go in other than just alphabetical. Who do we see here? Who do we see here? We'll, we'll start at the bottom and work our way to the top. Reverse alphabetical, based on domain. Who appears? Favon, god of the sky. Much like Rabillo, they do not take on any sort of humanoid form. Instead, there is simply a breeze, a wind containing consciousness and knowledge, and a spirit, a spirit of travel, a spirit of wisdom, just surrounding all of you right now. Ool of the Sahuigan. It's been a long time since we've seen any of the Sahuigan, but you see a large one begin to limp forward, the sound of bone scraping against the ground. His flesh is mottled green and purple, covered with bone plating from the withering that is healing. He does have armor, some of which is bone, shell, has a net strung across his chest, carries a harpoon. His eyes are narrow. He's unsure what's going on here. Let's just say the Sahuigan don't get out here much. Plorbap of the oozes, which I did not think we were going to see Plorbap anytime soon. (laughs) They are also recovering from the withering. And to see a slimy, ooze-like form shuffle forward with the sound of bones scraping is off-putting, to say the least, at least for Felicity. She was thrilled to feel the presence of Favon, but things are just getting more and more weird. (laughs) There's a bone visible within Plorbap, whose color seems to shift from perfectly translucent to deep yellows and reds and blacks, swirls and goes back. There's the vaguest of shapes to it. It's a mound that looks like it could at any moment extend an arm or a leg or a face, but just right now isn't putting forth that effort. We have Eliker of the goblins, a very small goblin. Goblins are naturally small creatures. Eliker appears to be almost smaller, has a huge head of this reddish-orange hair with all sorts of ropes and ribbons and things tied through it. He has sharp teeth, sharper eyes, but he is dressed fairly well. Not quite a suit, but this is way better than rags of the poor. He's clean and he is presentable, but he's very suspicious of everything that's going on right now. This is a lot of gods showing up in one place. And he doesn't know why. I mean, he'll get there once he understands who Arnis is. It's suspicious right now. Then we have Kalikno, god of the gnomes. If Tonk were here, this would be a very interesting time for him. But no. Kalikno is also small. Not as small as Eliker. Very thin-limbed, wiry, long, dexterous fingers. He's covered in various little mechanical creations. 
He has a set of goggles, one side that has a few more extra lenses on it than the other. He has a number of bags and pouches and boxes on his bags wrapped around him, all of which are locked in these exquisite-looking locks. Very complicated stuff. Up next we have... Haha! Gregic Ironhand of the Dwarfs. This is a very broad dwarf. He is wide, he is thick, he has a long, long beard tied into various braids, kind of zigzagging across his chest. Lots of rings, necklaces, jewels, fine crafted armor, a fine crafted helm, thick hands, rough hands, and just various spots of bone still on him from the withering. <sighs> Almost done, I swear. Junti of the Constructs. It is impossible to get a sense of scale on them. They seem human-sized, normal medium-sized, and they also seem bigger than a mountain all at once. Your brain can't put together which, which size is right. You know, are they this massive, massive god, or are they the size of any other person that you might find on the street? They are made of... Junti is a construct, much like Olmanir. They are like a suit of armor, only way more intricate. Like, not just in the design, but in the make and in the number of joints and everything. There's a fire in them. Not quite a literal fire, but there's a glow, and it's hard to tell. Like, you don't feel the heat or anything from it, but it looks like something is flickering within them. And as they move, there's the sound of metal that hasn't moved in a long time. Not just because of the withering. Skriha of the Aarakocra. The bird people. They have colorful wings. Which are not spread open, but they're also not folded all the way down. They're half open, as if they are ready to take flight whenever. They alight down onto the ground. They have a very sharp beak. Long. Longer than a hawk's, but... Not like a heron's beak. They don't wear any shoes. You can see their talons. Their clothing is made up of leathers, flowers, feathers. It's rather simple. It's utilitarian. Seems like it could hold a good amount of stuff in there for going out on trips. But it's not cumbersome. And finally, no party would be complete without Coram. Drenched in his black robe, features hidden. He just seems to apparate in front of all of you. All of these gods look on. Yes, Adaris still rides around on his horse, but they are all paying attention to you. This is a bigger group of them than they are used to seeing most of the time. They are confused, but they all, one way or another, want to know why they're here. Mechanically, they understand, but they don't know why now they're here. So with all of these gods present, all of these vastly powerful beings looking down at you, judging you, waiting on you, how do you react? What do you do? What do you say? I think Arnus kind of like watches like all of these 
gods appear in their various ways suddenly feels rightly very small is also trying to remember that like you know like i'm one of their number but really that's um (laughs) it's tough to keep in the brain and uh just finally goes hi guys really want to say something real cheeky like i'm glad you can all come to the meeting today um i'm not gonna do that though <laughs> i suppose you're wondering why <laughs> i suppose you're wondering why i've called you all here <laughs> um uh and just says i i haven't met many of you um just like many of you haven't met me I, uh, I guess I'm the new Pathox. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Want to introduce yourself. I mean, I don't know how, like, how else to really, like, introduce myself. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm Rebellion, and I've got, I've got some stuff that you all really ought to know about. <laughs> okay. Darwin Finnegan. Anything that you would like to say? Oh, no. I'm not going to say anything. I feel like I need to at least acknowledge Coram with like a, you know, a nod. A cool, like, hey, what's up? Kind of thing. <laughs> but that's it. Finnegan? Nope, I don't say anything. I am quietly sitting here. At this point, Finnegan, out of like defensive, has fallen into like the typical parade rest stance. like fully falling onto his military training. Mm-hmm. A little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I have so many gods here who can be the first to respond. And there are oh, so many good, so many good things. Uh, mm, mm. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Hmm. As fun as it is to sometimes be Corum, be the god of death. It's been so long since I've stepped into old one ear. And she is definitely ready to say something. The new Pathox. Rebellion. If anything, you seem to be the god of indecision, Arnus. First, you want to kill Pathox, and you do. Already an obscene act. And then you want to take his place. And you want to set up new kings. And then you want to set up independent cities. What makes this any different? Oh, hi, Olwenir. First, uh, you're welcome for taking his place. (laughs) The baller move right there. (laughs) Well, you know, calls him like I see him. And second, I didn't set up a new king. They did it themselves. And I am watching them very closely to make sure they don't trample on people. (laughs) You know, like the old king. Yes, yes. We've all played our hand at this game of control. It doesn't make you special. Whether or not you're watching them now, it's of no consequence. 
That's what she'll be doing a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, ten thousand years from now. Will you still care? Or will you be off to something else? I'm sorry, what are you saying? Are you saying I'm just going to get, like, bored and walk away? Like a puppy playing with a chew toy? If that's how you see yourself. I didn't say that. You did. (laughs) (laughs) So clearly that's how you see me, which is fine. You've never seen me as anything other than that. So I don't expect any different from you. (sighs) That being said, not just you, but all of you are potentially in danger. Including me. Which is kind of why I'm here. Mm, who cares about the danger? Who cares about the danger? Who still has some amount of that in them? Screeha does. The Aarakocra god. I think she'll raise a bony wing. Alwanir, we get it. You two don't get along. That's fine. I'll have to apologize. We aren't used to coming here. Tiff's mirror, wherever Tiff may be, is not an artifact that saw much use, let alone at this scale. Usually if gods want to speak with each other, we just do it in person. What's this danger? How do we know it's real? Well, there's the question. There are a couple folks down here that really saw the withering as an opportunity to, let's say, plan for a world where the gods didn't exist. But seeing, of course, what the withering did, they realized, well, we can't just kill them all. So I guess that's the good news. Some of them nod, like, it's it's good news. (sighs) But their ultimate goal now And maybe we've heard about it in the very early stages. So that's good. Their ultimate goal now is to figure out a way to set you all and me, us all, aside. Like, put us in a cage or a box where we can no longer interact with the peoples of this world or do anything to either help or harm them. That is their goal. As far as I can tell, we can tell. I kind of look at the other people with me. You don't have to stand with me on this one. It's okay. Um, They don't yet have a way to do that. They have not figured that out yet. But they are working toward it. One of them, Lynn Jarvis, who was running the city of Caravel poorly, is sent to Karami for trial probably leading to his execution. The other is Orozaba, the wise. Yoru recognizes this name. I figured. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she is still in Caravelm. She is now in charge of the city, which we negotiated mostly because we would rather have her here (laughs) where we would know where she was. And it would be easier to monitor her than telling her to, like, hit the bricks where she could go disappear again. That's their goal. They want to shut us in a cage or put us in a box or something. Hmm. 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 There's, there's some mixed reactions to this news. I mean, I know who wants to talk second, but who wants to talk first? Ool. The 
Hans Hugengard with a voice that's not used to being out of water too much. Tried. We're going to send a man out to be tried for potential heresy, blasphemy. Not quite deicide, but I don't think any of us want to be put away. Why did you not simply eliminate this man? Take his knowledge and eliminate him. And there's some like a, a big nod from from Corum. It's just like, yeah, death is the way to go. <laughs> it's his bag. Come on, now. Yeah. what do you want from him? Oh yeah, it's a fair question. First, because he hadn't committed any of those crimes yet. Second, because the crimes that he had committed were against the people of this planet. And so it wasn't my place to try convict and execute him for something that he hadn't actually done. (laughs) Yoru says in just a resonating voice, but you think he will be put to the death anyways. Yes. I would guess, Mm -hmm. but like any person committing crimes against other people, he gets a fair trial, and whatever they decide is what they decide. And after that, if he's still up and roaming around, and you all decide that the best way to prevent the future is to take him out, that is up to you. Eliker steps forward, God of the Goblins. This information is good and all, but what do you all want from us? Rebellion. Looks at Darwin and Finnegan. Human. Tiefling. What do you want? What would you have us do about two mortals who aren't there yet? I personally didn't come to tell you to do anything, but, you know. Your lives are in danger. I thought it was fair that somebody tell you that this thing is potentially coming. So I don't know. You can watch, observe, do what it is you do. God. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like again. I, I'm I'm sorry. Like so. I you know. I I thought it was fair that somebody come and warn you, especially since we have the information so early. Because who knows if they'll ever succeed? They might not. And wouldn't that be nice? But man, it would be shitty of me to have known and just let it happen. Eliker asks, So are you concerned for us, or are you concerned for you? I'm not sure about that question. Like, if you get put in a box, so do I. Well, you were saying it was our problem. You said we needed to be concerned, but you... God of Rebellion and all now, would certainly be counted among those people, among those gods, who should be concerned. Is this your way of saying that you don't make decisions? Is Olwenir right about you? Jesus. If you believed everything that Olwenir said, you wouldn't like anybody. I don't know if that's 100% true. (laughs) No, it's not. I'm just sassy, and it's Olwenir. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. um okay um darvin 
Corum moves forward in the image. These are all still images in the walls. They can't reach out and touch you as far as you know. Darvin. Peace. My acolyte. Are you going to let Arnis here dictate your actions? Do you believe that stopping these two would save more people? I do. Then shouldn't they be stopped permanently, not just temporarily? They will be. By you? By the townsfolk of Karami? Who would stand up against Orizaba? Say, she were to be successful six weeks from now. I share the same question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not by me alone, no. But mm-hmm. someone's got to do something. So what do you want, Darvin? Just something? Yes. Just something. Hmm. hmm. I think at this point, Yoru speaks up. This Lynn Jarvis is not my concern. Humans are plentiful. No offense, Adaris, but the lives of your best humans don't amount to a childhood of the best dragons. Orizaba is old, misguided perhaps, but she has so much wisdom and skill, and she served me once. To hear that she's turned away saddens me. I would see her return to the fold. I do not wish her harm. Just redemption. And some of the other gods start, you know, grumbling at that. Like, hey, if, if Orizawa really does have a plan to put gods in a box, we gotta stop that. Not just, you know, make nice with them. Uh, Finnegan, uh, is there anything that you would like to add? Anything you'd like to contribute to this conversation? The gods seem willing to take action. They just don't really know what they want to do yet. There's a lot of them, so it's hard to come to consensus. <sighs> Finnegan is uh, Finnegan's going to fall back on his training and say something that you've never heard him say before. I, Arnis, permission to speak freely. <laughs> sure, I, I, I don't know. You have the floor. Go, go ahead. I am but a, a mere... One man, but I have training in the ways of war. And if there's anything that it has taught me, is that some enemies are better to strike early before they can amass the power and ability to do the damage they would do later. And that's kind of <laughs> where he leaves it. Okay. I think, uh, I think there's just a, a small, sly smile on Agnetai's face at that. Just like... Mm-hmm. Be in control of the situation. Sometimes that means violence, not always, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of gods here. This conversation can go on for a very long time. So, is there something that you want to persuade these gods to do other than just be aware? There are definitely mixed opinions among them as far as how to proceed and what is actually a threat. I would persuade them to, like, see if they can have eyeball on Orizaba at all times. Well, I mean, Yoru just said that they, because I can't remember if you said he or she. Right now, this moment, she. Okay. Gods are not 
bound to that. They might have yeah. preferred genders, but no, they. But so uh, Yoru just said that you know she had hoped that Orozaba could be brought back into the fold. Maybe it's worth convincing Yoru to actually get involved and try and convince Yoru to, or Orozaba to come back into the fold. That. That might be the best first course of action. Okay. But also, the one thing we haven't mentioned is that Orozaba gave us, or at least me, the feeling that she's not the only one out there with this sort of feeling and taking this sort of action. So the bigger question after dealing with her is everyone needs to be on the lookout. There's some sort of creature out there or power that these people are tapping into that no one was aware of. <laughs> right. Okay, that's what the party wants to convince these gods of. Let's give Orizaba a chance at redemption. Let's leave them be and try to turn them. That's fine. Someone has to roll to uh, try to convince these gods of that. Persuasion, religion, intimidation, arcana. Just to, you know, pound in the actual, like, information about what's going on. I guess that's me. My instinct is persuasion, unless you're going to tell me I can't use it. I wouldn't have said it if you couldn't. I could help. I don't know how I would help. I'm not as convincing as Arnest, but I do have the religious background, so I can help in that respect. Yeah, yeah. That works for me. So, Darvin, let's just have you roll religion here first. Just ten or higher, you positively assist Arnest. Okay. Ooh, I got a 16. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Arnis, roll with some advantage. Huh. Well, rolled an eight and a nine. That's Damn. middling. Mm. But it comes to a 24. <laughs> These are all gods. So uh, 24, while high, is not super impressive. This being most beneficial to Yoru. I think she'll speak up first. Do not concern yourselves with Orizaba. I will reach out to them. I will try to rebuild these bridges that have fallen. That being said, do not know if I will be successful. So if other, if others here wish to make contingency plans in case I fail, I will not take offense. People like, or I should say, gods like Gorum. And Olwenir, Eliker, Ool are all definitely like, yep, yep, should be making some contingency plans now. This decision in no way means that Yoru will be successful. It just means that Yoru will try. Korm says, this is a mistake. But even if it is... I should still have time to prevent the worst from happening. Okay. Well, that's Lin, and that's Orizaba. Y'all have a room filled with gods. Is there anything else on your minds? Yep. <laughs> Darvin or Finnegan, first, since uh, Arnis has done quite a bit of talking. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> Darvin doesn't want to talk to Coram right now? Ah. There's other gods here. You don't have to talk to necessarily just the one who is oh, your no, boss. I, <laughs> I think if there was maybe only one or two of them present, Finnegan might 
But Finnegan, as much as he tends to run his mouth, he also knows he's not very good at it, and there's no emotional reason for him to be talking right now, so he's just going to chill. He's very much here for support. Right. Well, all this is going on, Felicity is just in awe and is trying to reach out to Favon. You can definitely hear her muttering prayers and things under her breath. She's concerned about Liana, but it's, it's like a split attention. And Finnegan. Yes. Cyril is your friend. How does Cyril react to seeing Yoru? Mm, you know, we haven't established to what level of intelligence and sentience the Drakes have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let me look at her stats real okay. quick and see what we come up with. I'm just curious if there's any sort of like recognition or unspoken connection. I, given the six and eight for intelligence and wisdom, um, <laughs> I, I think it's very much like when the big dog walks into the dog park and all the other <laughs> little dogs kind of just react by giving them the space and the power that they deserve by being the big dog. It's that sort of reaction. Mm-hmm. I think that plays into Cyril's timidness as well, which yeah. I enjoy. You're like me, but way bigger. And you got wings and you can talk. Okay. Arnis, you said you had something else. I do. So, well... Orizaba and that whole plot are a concern. You actually have a more pressing concern, though I'm not sure if this affects all of you, though ultimately I think it would. A one ear huffs and crosses her arms. Ugh. This bitch. <laughs> I don't want to do this in front of Finn, but I'm going to. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, Agni Tai, have you told any of these folks where you are or where you're going? She says in a general tone, but also like this is meant to be, oh, for all of these people here, but it's also very much pointed at like the three of you. What we gods do and where we go during our own time is of no concern to the others. Aranus. Ah. Okay. Then, I'm really sorry about what I'm about to do. I don't know if you all know this, but Agnitai's time is not her own right now. She is chained on the floating island of the Glamour, and Levesque, and I look at Greygook, Levesque has pointed her toward your home with the intention of killing you and taking your place. Damn, just creating a civil war amongst the gods. <sighs> just 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 pissing people off, huh? Just that's that's the plan for today. Just hey, stir man, some yeah. shit up. It's not it's not my war and he was trying to distract me from going to take care of it. So I'm going to put these bitches on it. <laughs> I don't know who's more offended here real fast. You can see Greg starting to get blustered you see some color coming to his face some redness before he can speak Agnitai says I don't think Aranis really knows what he's talking about it is true that I am on an island but we are not pointed at your home Gregook 
Levesque is a lost child, I'm sure you know. He is not worthy of your time or attention. Don't pay any mind to what he's up to. I am sending him on a wild goose chase. Can I? Uh, this is your persuasion versus her deception. He's okay. going to I was going to say, can I roll insight on her or something? No, no, no. This is flat out a lie. I'm telling you this is a lie. You knew the okay. truth beforehand. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is her trying to do some damage control. So you roll persuasion. She's going to roll deception. Okay. I've been rolling so good today. I know. I know. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's even better because Scott just said fuck, and we're doing the happy dance over here. So let's see what happened. All right, Arnis, what'd you get? I got a 32. <laughs> <laughs> well, I rolled a two on the die. Agni Tai is convincing and charismatic, of course, but not plus 30. Gregic turns to Agni Tai. What mess have you gotten yourself, and more importantly, me into? And then he turns immediately to you, Arnis, and Darwin, and Finnegan, and is just like, never mind her. Why didn't you come with that first? Levesque <laughs> is more of a threat than some dragon who doesn't know what she's doing. I have not granted Levesque any of my power, but he's still of my blood. It's a little offended that you, you know, started with the small potatoes that only kind of affected him and not with the thing that directly affected him. I mean, that's fair. The reason I started with the other thing, yes, it is less pressing and immediate, but it also affects way more of you potentially than than this although i would say and your reaction kind of confirms it for me that none of us really want him to become a god i barely wanted him in the first place let alone to have him take my place <sighs> where is he where did you see him how do you know this he's asking the three of you um, we had contact with a member of the Glamour, Mavic Tripless, who, upon telling us this information, was murdered right in front of us. So, we got it from Mavic, who basically said at the end of the last meeting, Levesque kicked everybody off the island and said, this is where we're going. And he was off. Where are they going? I don't remember. That's player doesn't remember. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let me get the name of the continent correctly. They are taking the island north to Liranor. Do I know specifically where on Liranor? No, I don't think Levesque would have pinpointed the location exactly to other members of the Glamour. Okay. Because it's not important for them. Okay. Uh, Mavic said that Levesque was taking the island north to Liranor. Gregic turns to Agni Tai. Wild goose chase, huh? <sighs> Agni Tai, can you stop him? Take him out? Sink the island to the bottom of the oceans? I don't care. 
just make him go away. And at this, Agnitai breaks a little. It's like, ah, I cannot. It's uh, all part of the fine print, let's say. <laughs> and there's some groans and almost as if this may not be the first time she's entered into a, a, an arrangement a little too quickly. Um, the gods are very, very old. Doesn't happen every day, but once in age, maybe, maybe. The gods aren't perfect. Gregg says, you and your, you and your damn deals. Well then, well, well, well. In that case, the three of you come north. Stop him if you can, but if not, you can meet, well, not necessarily me, but my representatives here in Lyranor. And you can stop him before he ever gets to me. Yeah, about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. Damn mirror. Okay. Well, that is a pressing concern. I would we say still, so. <laughs> we still have business here on Sarakar. You see my friend's non-leg over there? Somebody stole it, and I think you, Coram, might be interested to know, they're using it to cheat death. So we're going to take him out and get all the pieces of my friend's leg back. Yeah. <laughs> First thing Darwin said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get a leg up on the situation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, and Coram appreciates that a little bit, uh, the humor of it, but Darwin, it's just a leg. You can live with, with so much less. Not <laughs> the about gift, the leg. The <laughs> gifts I have given. It's not about the leg. Thank you, Darwin. I was about to shout the exact same thing. It's not about the leg. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, Scott. Then, <laughs> Darvin, what is it about? Well, we had assumed your decree against, what, undeath, rising, you know, preventing death, that sort of thing, seems to fly in the face of everything we represent, does it not? My law is that death should be permanent. Right, but... That is not meant to preclude medicine. Okay, but is it medicine if it's making you unable to die? It's... Like, you you want a harder time claiming souls of anyone who can get a piece of me? It's a gray area, Darwin. <sighs> I did not assume you would go out giving pieces of yourself away. Or I'm not, but they're getting them, which I thought you would be offended by. I am somewhat disappointed that you are being so careless with yourself. With my leg, you mean? Yes. I'm sorry, you're going to blame him for somebody yeah, having stolen part of him? 
Yeah, that's some serious blame the victim mentality, dude. He was getting around to a different point besides blame the victim. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Con- continue. I-, I will. I will try to curb my instinct to shout. I appreciate it. I know that these abilities that you have for me were a cost you did not intend to pay, but they were not meant to be a problem. You. Losing your death, spending it to keep that portal open, to reclaim your friend, seemed like an uneven exchange. Which is why you can do so much more than you could before. It seems you are using these abilities to simply... mm, to withstand the hardships of battle. There is so much more to them. I understand that you all are traveling with Rystos now. And there's some eye rolls in the crowd. They all know Rystos. It's very clear. And I know that Rystos was meant to be helping Arnis, but could help you as well. Perhaps not just with Cade. How he ended up inside you can be a discussion for another time, Darwin. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about the mandates of death, but your body is capable of so much, and you've explored only a fraction of it, if the leg offends you, remove it. If whoever has your leg offends you, remove them. They are not violating my laws directly, no. When the withering began, and it looked like there was no response to it, Asking Malsius to take care of that seemed only kind. It was a long and painful experience, as many of these gods discovered firsthand. You will notice that this room is not as full as it should be. But now that the progress of the withering has come to a halt, and it seems Aranus is able to offer some healing to those afflicted, emotions down to zero. Perhaps Malsius and his forces do not need to be on their crusade anymore. Darvin. Yeah. Do you want to try to convince Coram that that's the path to go down, or is this something like what's 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 your take on this? Convince Coram that he was wrong to put Malsius up to it in the first place? That seems like a losing argument. Or just like, I don't know, I'm not sure if you want to take an angle here with Corum or what it would be, but like, yeah, is, is it you were wrong to begin with? Is it that may have been right then, but it's wrong now? Is it you need to do something now? It's, it's, I was wrong to begin with and now I don't know. I need to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm at a loss. This is. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Did not expect. What I'm understanding, though, is he's asking you, or he's essentially saying that maybe he should call off Malsius, which gives you the opportunity right now to circumvent us even having to go down there if you can convince him to call off Malsius. Well, okay, fair point. Except I don't know if I want that right now, because why are we even calling him off? The only reason we're calling him off is because I... Right? I mean... Well, we want them to stop like hunting down and like 
killing people that have the withering, right? Because they, they should be getting better. better. So this isn't to say that ultimately we're not still going to go down there and deal with Malsius for all that shit with Vale's mom. Because right, right. <laughs> oh yeah, right. but but, right. but we do- we have secondary reasons for taking out that fool. But but that but mentioning that is not going to help right now. No, 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 no. And I think that if Gregook wants our help, understandably so, that this would be a good way to halt whatever's happening with Malthus in order to then go deal with that other potentially larger issue i'm not following well if if malcius and his followers aren't running around just like murdering the shit out of people that have the withering if quorum can put a stop to that part of it right then maybe we can go help gregook and then get back to malcius they've still got darvin's bits though i know that's that's my problem that's where i had start to have an issue with like, but we need to go take care of that because they shouldn't. You know what? If Quorum doesn't care, I, it's weird, but it's whatever. It's just a leg. Yeah. My problem is I don't understand why, like he specifically just bestowed upon you this like gift. Right. But then he's totally okay with everybody else using it. Yeah. That's actually what I don't understand. Oh, Can I ask him that? Maybe so <laughs> yes, that please. Was just, maybe so that was just me not speaking clearly enough as Coram. The state of Darwin's body is the state of Darwin's body. I think what he really wanted to know is, like, should he still be sanctioning Malcius's actions? Like, do you want to convince him that this is no longer a good thing? Absolutely, yeah. Because these people won't be suffering to death anymore. Yeah, it's no longer a kindness, right? It's no longer giving them Quorum's grace. It's just murdering people now. Mm -hmm. Now it's just going to, like, intensive care. There's people with broken ribs and things, and you're just going in there and killing them. It's like, they could get better. Yeah. Um, It's not what we're all about. It's, I mean, having him do anything more than that could potentially have an impact on you, Darvin. Right now, Corm's not ready to out-and-out kill his own priests. Right, and I, I wouldn't expect him to, especially if the priest was just following his orders, it turns out. But if he changes the orders, I mean, then it's just, does Malcius respond positively or negatively? Right. Does he listen and go, yes, sir, thank you, sir? Or does he go, you can't do this to me, this will not stand? Which we all know which way he's likely to go. And in either case, he's still misusing parts of Darwin. But I'm still not about to tell Quorum how to react in that situation, you know? He's mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. going to. He's going to be pissed, probably, but I'm not going to tell him to be. I, I mean, this is really me, Scott, DM, asking Darwin, what would you like to see as an outcome here? And how can Quorum help you? Well, yeah, then... I would just ask him to ask Malcius to stop. And if Malcius won't stop, then again, I'm not going to tell him, but Coram do what Coram does, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, this will most likely be a persuasion or a religion role from you, Darwin. You're more than welcome to seek help. 
from your friends? Should I get some help from my friends? Oh, I'll help you out. I get by with the little, you know. <laughs> you know the rest. Arnis, how are you helping? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to be making a religion roll, okay. obviously, probably. Yeah, that's fine. But I, I need some help with the finer points of rhetoric from Arnis. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably that's probably what it is. Like at, at this point, like I know Darwin well enough to know like when he's stuck or needs like a word or a phrase to like continue. <laughs> You're like on filling in point. words for me, and so I'm just kind of like filling the gaps whenever it seems like he needs them, so he can like keep making his point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. I love it. Arnis, are you filling in? From a religious standpoint, or from a persuasion standpoint, or from some other standpoint? And you've got lots of skills. Those are the two Um, that jump to my mind. It's definitely from a persuasion standpoint, because, like, he's got the religion stuff, especially when it comes to quorum, like, locked down. Like, he doesn't need my help there. It's, like, persuasive language. (laughs) Out of curiosity, what's your persuasion bonus? Me? Yes, you. It's 15. Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Can't go any higher. That's as well, high as it goes. Roll persuasion and don't roll a one, and Darwin will have advantage. <laughs> well, now you've said it. Nope. That's a 17 on the die. Oh, okay. that's, a 30, that's, a, that's a 32 again. Okay, Darwin. You can roll with advantage. Religion, are we ready? Yeah. Cool. Well, it's a good thing I got the advantage because it comes to a 17. Hmm. Darwin. I want to start by saying that I hear you, and I want you to hear me. Melsius is a determined individual. He has done many things in my name. Not all of them were directed by me personally, no, but many things in my name. I can tell him that it is time for the conscription to come to an end, and I will, but I... I do not believe that will be the end of his drive. He will listen to the letter. But what he will do after that, I cannot say. Right now, his conscription forces are spread out across the continent. I tell him to end this. He will likely gather those forces together. If you want your leg back, well, chances are they'll all be in one place then. I will leave it up to you to collect them. Fair deal. That sounds fun. <gasps> I was going to be like, I don't care about that. No, wait, never mind. Fair deal. <laughs> we'll go with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell Malsius why, specifically. I will let him know that the withering is no longer a concern, but I will not tell him that you are coming. I will not tell him that I spoke with you about this. Thank you. I would caution against sharing this information with him. Agreed. Okay. Well then. Sure sounds to me like by the time you get to Libera, you're just going to have a whole mess of conscription forces there. Yep. With one ally waiting. Iskra. I I will definitely still honor that. (laughs) So you will have one person on the inside, but uh, yeah, you'll want to be prepared. Cool. So, 
You're still all in a room filled with mm-hmm. gods. We are. And, Anything uh, else that you would like to do? I think Finnegan's got a couple things on his plate because he's learned a lot very recently and he's seen a lot. And he's heard about everything that we're about to go and do and is very much, for lack of a better, better way to put it, laying low in his ability to cope with the giantness that they're about to step into. And so he's going to roll his sleeves up to reveal the chain on his left wrist and step forth. And I think like when it comes to, uh, and again, I'm making this shit up as I go along. So Scott, Mm -hmm. shut me down if you want. But I think like as a sign of amongst fiends that, uh, that worship Agnetai as a sign of like reverence to her, you know, like how Catholics like do the sign of the cross and, and, you know, some religions bow and, and, and kneel and things like that. I think those who follow the, or, or worship Agnetai take a, a like wrists change together stance, like in front of them, like they, they are part of her coterie for lack of a better putting it, whatever. So I, he steps forward, hands bound, you know, imaginarily bound together and he speaks and Lord knows this is probably going to go really poorly for him, but here we go. And he says, uh, I, I travel, it seems, amongst those who are significantly more powerful than myself. And while I am no slouch, I say to my goddess that the revelation that you are bound to one who does not let you be as free as you deserve is something that rises up the fire in my blood. Agnitai, you have my word that I will do all in my power to help restore you to where you should be. Well, Mr. Tempest, if you follow through on your words, I will be sure to congratulate you properly. Uh, In my current state, there is not much that I can do for you from here. But it would not be impossible. It would just take effort. And if you prove yourself loyal and willing, capable, most importantly, there may be an arrangement we could make. I only pray I have the power to be able to free you. For I fear, considering what I'm going up against, I might not. Well, Finnegan, best of luck for both our sakes. And the last thing Finnegan will do in... he Did you say that Yoru is like hovering above us in the room. Oh no, she landed. She landed. She started out in the sky, but landed. She's in the back. Definitely just huge wings outstretched, colorful scales all over. And I think having worked, trained and worshiped a little at a temple of Yoru, I would know that the proper way of a non-dragon to address her would be definitely to kneel. Um, So I kind of look amongst the mirror to try and find where she might be. And I take a knee and I hold my hand out kind of to to my side to to summon forth Cyril. Mm -hmm. And I kind of rest my hand on her head and she's very tall when I kneel. Mm -hmm. And I say, Yoru, I I do not deign to be worthy to address you directly, but I I feel I must address you for Cyril. She is but a humble drake. But she has served me well. I do not know if you know or aware of what was done to our temple and what I have done to serve you. But if you have, 
I ask only that you keep Cyril in your thoughts as we continue on this journey, for if I fall, it is undoubtable that she will probably fall with me. From the skies I watch all of my children and wish them well. From those like Orizaba, who have over the centuries proven their worth, to even the new, like Cyril, still filled with potential, I will be watching, even if you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right, then. Anything else? No, because he's not about to ask for anything directly of her. So, uh, because that's not his place. But he will kind of pat Cyril on the head and kind of walk back to join the group as if to say, like, you are free to do whatever you want in this moment. That is technically your God. That is actually your God. You are a free creature to do as you wish. I think you see Yoru's eyes grow wide and then narrow. And you see a look across Cyril's face as her eyes reflect Yoru's, as if they're just having a very private conversation. Gods do not have to speak verbally if they don't want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of that, Cyril will give a, a very slight head bow, like a tilt down. There's not going to be any kneeling or curtsying here from a drake. But just <laughs> a head lowered in reverence momentarily. Anybody else? Um, I guess I should just maybe jump back in and say, well, Gregook, it looks like we have a little time to come help you out. You want to tell us where we're going? Wait, are you not going to go down to Malcius first? Or are we still going there first? I don't know. That was my question. I, I was under the impression that you still wanted to do that for, you know, Darwin's leg's sake, Vale's mom's sake. Finnegan's lost dragon's sake. Yeah, they, they don't know anything about the fact that Malcius has got my name on a list somewhere. <laughs> oh, then I guess we probably do still want to do that first. Never mind. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I, I'm just curious. Like, it's, it's totally up I to you three. I think there was just... Sorry, I, there's, sorry, there was a, there was, I feel like there was a concern about timeline that came up in this conversation about, like, do mm. we need to go help Gregg first? But if you're saying that that is not an issue, then we would definitely want to go to Malcius first. Agree. I mean, unless you do another little godly powwow here and totally change things. Like if you find somebody else to... Eh, if Aranus dies and Gregic then also dies, uh, <laughs> Levesque is really not an issue at that point. No, I think we have a bigger problem at that point. <laughs> I think any twists that I'm going to throw at you in regards to Levesque's search for Gregook are going to come now or after you deal with Malcius, like before you get there. I'm not putting an in-world clock on this, like tick, 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 tick. Okay. No, Gregook's doing his thing. Well, I suppose you could kill Agnitai and he would lose one of his biggest helpers. People might take offense to that. That would not end well for Finnegan. Please don't kill me. Yeah. I mean, don't think about the time of it. Just think about, you know, which one do you want to handle first? Which one do you think would be easier for you? If you mess something up, where do you want to mess it up? I suppose that's fair. Then, yeah, I guess we should keep with our original plan of, like, going to see Malcius first. 
Because it was like, it was really like the ticking clock on the whole Levesque thing that I was concerned about. <laughs> but if there, if there like isn't one, or you're telling us you're not putting one there, I guess we'll believe you. And um, <laughs> you should believe me. I may drop hints that he's making progress, but it's not like, oh, you went to go see Malsius instead. Levesque wins. Okay. You know, you, there's so much, there's so many opportunities for you all to change the world on the way south and then back up north. And honestly, the more you do, the more toys I have to play with when you get to Levesque. But if you did Levesque first, then I would have more toys when you got to Malsius. Okay. I guess you could think of it that way. Pick your end boss. <laughs> I'd rather not fight all of Malsius's army. <laughs> like, it's bad enough we're going to have a chunk of it, but all of it sounds... Not fun. <laughs> I guess that's fair. So real quick, any last conversations you want to have with any of these gods? Nope. Um, nope. No. Okay. Before you all leave, can everyone please roll perception? Yes. Dear. Oh, that's not going to go well for me. No. I got a four. Oh, well, I did I that. got a nine. Oof. Oh, man, that makes mine the high roll, and I only got a 16, so... What about Felicity? Is she going to (laughs) roll? Sure, sure. Felicity's going to roll. Fine. Can Cyril roll? Cyril can roll. (laughs) You don't want Cyril to roll. She's got like a negative to perception. Oh. Might roll a 19, though. (laughs) Felicity got an 8 on the die, so... uh, Goddamn. (laughs) If Cyril wants to roll, this is sight-based. Not smell-based, unfortunately. Give me a second. Let me look. Yeah, sure. I actually can't remember. Does Cyril have the <laughs> bonus no. to smelling? Oh, okay. I would get a minus two to the roll, but sure, why not? <laughs> you could crit, crit and nope. barely uh, beat Arnus. It's a 13. <laughs> okay, no. Still beat me. What I will say is that you're in a small room absolutely overflowing with gods and divine power, and divine energies, and gods beginning to talk over one another. You know, some of them are concerned alongside Gregook. Some of them are not. Kalikno really wants to know more about this whole outside power that Lin and Orizaba are trying to connect with. And he's like, hey, Yoru, start there. Get me an in. I want this information. There's rumbles in the ground from Rabillo uh, as he's moving and letting his emotions be felt. The wind picks up, dies down, swirls. You can see it swirling around Felicity at a few moments as she is in connection with Favon. She was not expecting to see Favon here, but yet, thanks to Aranus's presence and Aranus's connection with Favon, they are here. So this is the most direct contact Felicity has had with them in I don't know how long. And it just makes her smile. Felicity's face lights up. Liana is distracted and disappointed still. And not quite how and who she was before Honey Hollow. But there's a lot going on. And before you leave, and before they can all disperse, because as long as you're in here, they are kind of stuck in this communication. This is a call. 
They don't get to leave until you hang up. Corum stands up taller, making himself taller. It's not that he was seated before, it's that he is growing in size and in stature. And he says, I think that is by far enough. Arnus Darvin. Finnegan, you've certainly brought us interesting information. I somehow doubt that any of it is beyond our control. <sighs> if perhaps we could all focus. Um, you're all teachers. You know what it's like when students aren't exactly paying attention. Yeah, you ring that little bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Corm strikes me as more of the chimes guy. Chime. 100. But he says, but that is all beside the point. It's a little forceful, waves his hand down, and you can feel the lights in here just all kind of dim. <clears throat> we do not need to stay here. There is plenty for us to do. There is plenty for, for the five of you to do, including Cyril and Felicity. And whoever else may be with you. But mostly, mostly, I want you to leave this room soon. I want you to leave before we have to deal with that. As he points at Arnis, more specifically as he points at M. If you return here again, do not bring her. I will totally do what you say. Just tell me why. <laughs> I've never really got an answer. If he has one, I want it. Arnis, roll persuasion. Hopefully all those 32s are out of your system. Yeah, but not by much. 27. Hey, that's pretty good. Because she does not know what she did, and I want to keep it that way. Um, okay. <laughs> I think maybe if you had started off on a an M approach, he could have had more patience, but you've already dropped so much on them today. Yeah. Well, I just figure it's sort of an eerie situation, right? Something happened. She got wiped in one way or another. And so doesn't remember who she is or what she did. Which is why I was like, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's anything similar to that, like you, you, you got it. I don't even need to know the rest. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't want to help her out? To learn who she was? Yeah. Not if she's as dangerous as Akiri. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> oh, see, now I just have to convince you that Akiri is not really dangerous. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's beside the point. That's beside the point. Uh, is there anything else? Or are you opening the door and releasing all these gods from this giant meeting? Um, I am almost releasing them. I'll, I'm, like, <laughs> getting ready to open the door, and I'm just going to tell them, like, I know this was a lot. Thank you for all of your time. And then we'll go. Okay. As you emerge from Tiff's looking glass, Echo awaits you upstairs, still in Felicity's form, as she was the last one that Echo addressed. 
how was the experience? Do you care to remember it? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we need to. <laughs> yep. Very well. Any kindness that you wish to leave behind will be appreciated. Oh, yeah. I will um, see to my duties. And Echo will head downstairs. This is not a situation where they want to take the payment or tell you how much it cost. This is a donation plate. There's no suggested donation amount. But they mean money, right? Yeah, yeah, they mean money. <laughs> generally money. Anything that you think the church could use. Money is generally usable. Um, but I don't know. If you had, like, the Dead Sea Scrolls and left them behind in a chapel, they might like they that. They would appreciate that. That's true. I'm sure they would. Um, if Darwin, if you wanted to cut off a thumb and leave it here for them... No, it's creepy, but um, you could just leave one of the amulets for him. That's true. <laughs> You're not gonna do that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> this is like yeah. so useful. I want to leave some something like obscene. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, what do you tip the guy who lets you conference call almost all of the gods? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I want to like. I kind of want to take one of the diamonds out of that pouch we have and just kind of drop that in. Go for it. Is that insane? That's what I want to do. Go for it. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. How much were those diamonds worth? 100 gold. Okay. 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 Uh, I will be very mindful of the time here. I'm sure you have a kid to pick up soon. Very soon. Okay. Um, Emerging from the chapel of Alethea with just... A wealth of knowledge and information and experience now that you did not have before. The city is feeling a little more alive. Not only are more people awake and active, and the city is starting to see its normal business, but you are just riding high on all this divine energy that you were just enveloped inside of. Felicity is practically glowing, her eyes to the sky as if still in prayer, as if still appreciating the experience she had with Favon. Cyril walks with a little bounce in her step as all of you head back towards the Church of Rebellion. Before you can go inside, Rystos flies over, stays in the air, drifting back and forth in front of the whole group of you. Oh my gosh, it's about time you were in there so long. I thought we were going to get some actual work done today. <sighs> I want to ask how it was and how it went and all that and yada yada. But at the same time, I really don't. <sighs> I have spent enough time with those gods. Plenty. For at least two lifetimes. <sighs> I hope that whatever you got was worth it. But now, please... Are we done with this place, knowing that they are simply that close? Knowing that that looking glass is right there? Mm. I'd rather not stick around. Uh, when are yeah. we getting out of here? Uh, now if we can. <sighs> Thank goodness. I'll round everybody up. I'm ready to go. <sighs> can I assume we're still headed south? Yep. Wonderful. Good. No change of plans. That'll give us plenty of time. You all have... Mm, I will say wasted. I'm not sure what you think about it. I will say wasted. 
wasted your morning when you should have been studying. We've got so much to cover, Arnis, Darwin. There are so many rules. There's, there's just so much. I don't know what they told you in there, but trust me. As he drums his fingers on the book hanging from the chain around his neck. Trust me, I've got the actual rules right here. Maybe they didn't want to talk to you about them. Maybe they wanted to sugarcoat things. Maybe they just wanted things to be in their favor. I don't know, but these are as impartial as you can get. Now, come on. Let's all go. Now, now's the time. Let's hit the road. Risto zooms off to gather your allies so that you can leave Caravel and continue south towards Malsius and his now growing presence of conscription forces down in Libera. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 city council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.